Hi, hello, and welcome to another episode of You Wanna Watch. This is the fourth episode in my bonus series where I am recapping Disney Plus's The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We are getting close to being finished with this show. There's only two episodes left after we talk through what just happened in episode four. And I just want to say up front, things this episode got wild. Um, I was kind of like questioning the direction of the show and whether or not if I thought the show overall was going to turn out as a good product, in my opinion, after episode three. Episode three, I was not really feeling, but uh, we turned it around in episode four. Uh, It's the best episode so far, for sure. And we have so much to unpack here. So let's get into it. Episode four's title is The Whole World is Watching, and the synopsis of the episode is John Walker loses patience with Sam and Bucky as they learn more about Carly Morgenthau. And honestly, the episode synopsis could have been uh, Carly Morgenthau wants to kill John Walker, and I think we should let her. Now, I know what you're thinking. Uh, Last week, Gabby did not like Carly Morgenthau. How and why has that changed? And I will get into it. We will explore the reasons why I am suddenly understanding the Flag Smashers and why I am more than low-key on their side at this point. Um, But we're going to go through the entire episode. I'm going to share my thoughts on everything that we saw in this episode. So we'll get to why I am now uh, understanding Carly and why I think maybe she's right. So the last episode ended on a cliffhanger. It was Bucky running into one of the soldiers of the Dora Milaje in the city that they're in trying to track down Carly. Uh, the Dora Milaje obviously are superior at literally everything, but they were obviously able to track down Bucky, Sam, and Zemo. And so uh, they are showing up to question why Bucky let Zemo out of prison, essentially, and why they're working with him. But first, we are given yet another incredibly sad Bucky scene, and Sebastian Stan, once again, acts his ass off. Uh, This trend has already uh, been overkilled on Twitter, but if we're talking about someone who always understands the assignment, we're talking about Sebastian Stan. We are given a flashback six years prior um, in Wakanda, and it's of Bucky and Ayo, who is a Dora Milaje soldier. She's the one who's showing up in present day to talk to Bucky, and she is running through the Winter Soldier trigger words um, to see if Bucky has been broken out of that spell. And Bucky very much does not believe that it's going to work. He's clearly in distress as she's going through each word. He begins crying. Uh, And then when she gets to the final word and it's proven that he's free from the Winter Soldier brainwashing, he just like breaks down into sobs. And it's truly the saddest thing. Like every single time Bucky is sad, which is basically always the emotion is always so raw and real. And that's because Sebastian Stan's incredibly talented and he really understands Bucky as a character and he's put in a lot of thought and care into Bucky's characterization. So uh, yeah, that's how we start this episode. So we already know we're in for a big one. 
We're then brought into present day where Bucky and Io are talking and she essentially gives him eight hours to be able to use Zemo for whatever purpose they need, which is to track down Carly. And then she says the Dora Milaje are going to come in and take him because obviously they see him as public enemy number one after he killed King T'Chaka. And so uh, they want their revenge, which is very understandable. Bucky then meets back up with Sam and Zemo and explains the deadline they're now working with. And they three of them have this conversation where Zemo starts throwing around these wild ideas of how he views people who take the super soldier serum. And he calls Carly Morgenthau and the group of flag smashers supremacists. Which I feel like is a really bold claim. Like he says that the serum corrupts people and that anyone who takes it is on the path to becoming a supremacist. Which I understand what he's saying on paper just from like the textbook definition of like what supremacy is. It's like holding more power and authority over like another group of people. And obviously by taking the serum, they have a level of power like just physically more than other people have. But like I don't. I don't know how you make the immediate connection that they're going to like use the serum and their powers to like take over the world because obviously what we even what we know so far at the beginning of this episode what we know from the previous ones is like they're not looking to like take over the world even with the explosion that they did at that warehouse at the end of episode three like their goal is not to like become supreme leader over anything they just want refuge for their group of people from what I understand so wild for him to say that and then Bucky points out that Steve never became a supremacist and Zemo's response to that is basically there's only one Steve Rogers and we've never had another person like him like we've never had a second Steve Rogers so he's the outlier not the blueprint but essentially this conversation is really only giving us a hint and basically an explanation for something that's going to happen later on in the episode. So like, who knows if there's really anything like substantially proven in history that makes this claim true, like that anybody who takes the serum is a supremacist. But this will be helpful later on when something big happens. I'm going to keep teasing this until we get there. Here we also have Sam kind of reject this theory and basically say that he agrees with Carly's ideals. She just doesn't like the way she's going about it, which um, you can say that exactly for anything the Avengers have ever done in their lives, but that's fine. And then we're also given um, some more backstory about the GRC, the Global Repatriation Council. In this episode, we learn that the group of the Flag Smashers, like where they're all staying, um, and their camp, they were promised like teachers and more supplies. And then six months have now gone by and they've received nothing. And that's where sort of their level of desperation and they're kind of, we're going to take whatever we could get uh, because you've given us nothing kind of mindset and actions are coming from, which obviously has been hinted at because they've been taking medicine and different levels of supplies. So obviously they've been taking things that they're lacking, but I think to have it just fully spelled out, like this was supposed to come from the GRC and they failed to deliver that. And that's why we're having to steal it. Um, I think that just makes their agenda like more clear and more something that 
the audience can get behind. Like I'm sure there's plenty of people who are already on the Flag Smashers side before this. Um, but for me, I just felt like making it plain, saying it in those exact words, like made me feel it more in the storytelling. So I'm glad we just got that spelled out. And again, part of the reason why I'm now on the Flag Smashers side, but they are having uh, a funeral for who they call Donya Madani, who is the uh, person who died in the last episode, who Carly was trying to help save. And she's kind of like their matriarch in a way, kind of not their leader in the sense that she was making the huge plans to like steal the supplies, but their leader and their ideals and what they believed and sort of their like person that was keeping them all together. And I just have to say that their plan to go interrupt this funeral and interrogate her there and like try and capture her at this point irritates me because if someone had tried to ruin Tony Stark's funeral, the Avengers would have started some shit. Like they would have went to war with literally anybody who tried to ruin that moment for them. And so like kind of don't understand why they would do this to somebody else. Um... I think maybe we could have a day of peace and rest so that they can mourn the way they should be allowed to. Um, You know, like the Avengers would have wanted that when Tony died. So why can't we give that to anybody else? But that's just my opinion. Despite me coming around on the Flag Smashers as a whole, I do have to say there's a scene where Carly's talking to one of the other super soldiers and he says something along the lines of um, today's heroes don't have the legacy of keeping their hands clean. I don't really know what he means because no hero in history has ever been able to keep their hands clean, like not even Steve Rogers. Steve has killed plenty of people um, in the name of like protecting the world. So I don't really understand where he thinks that like he- being a hero has ever been something that doesn't come with casualties. Uh, it's just it's never been done intentionally the way that the Flag Smashers are going about it, like blowing up uh, warehouses where they know people are still inside with the intent to kill them. Uh, like that's a little different than what Steve Rogers did. But like Steve also killed people. So it's a little weird of a statement for me. We then get a break and we catch up with Captain Knockoff and his little sidekick. And uh, I do not like these two at all. Like there's something about the way that they talk that feels very put on. Like both of them feel like they're like playing like actors playing actors almost and it's the weirdest thing like I think the actors playing these two characters like in real life are like very talented but like their characters in the show both feel like they're like putting on a show every time they show up with the way that they they talk and I just I do not like either of them at this point I dislike John Walker more than I dislike Lamar because I feel like Lamar is just kind of like going with the flow going on every little journey that John does. And he's kind of like the voice of reason pulling John back whenever John wants to do something a little like too far out there. And he is a little more sympathetic to the flag smashers and a little more rational in their thinking. So I do like that he is kind of the more voice of reason, but John Walker's not going to listen to nobody because he thinks he's God's gift to the earth now that he's Captain America. So I don't know what Lamar thinks he's going to accomplish, but not a fan of either of them as a 
team. Which is unfortunate for me because then they show up to crash Bucky and Zemo and Sam's little chaos trio that they have going. Basically, at this point, John has had it and he wants Carly and he wants her now. And Sam's trying to reason with him and say that he knows how to talk to people who are grieving. And so this is a perfect opportunity for him to reason with her and understand her and get her to sort of stop the entire goal of the Flag Smashers without anything too bad happening, I guess, is Sam's thought there. And John and Lamar kind of agree that they'll tag along and let Sam do it his way for 10 minutes. And then John's like, I'm coming in after that. And I'm like, sir, what do you think you're going to do here? Please, please stop. And so Sam and Carly like have an actual like really nice conversation. And then John loses his mind and storms in too early. And Carly thinks that this has now been a setup that Sam intentionally brought John there to capture her. And so we have a fight that ensues. All of the fight scenes and like battle scenes so far on the show have been amazing. Like chef kiss, love everything that's going on here. This one is no different. We get lots of parkour jumping off of tall things down onto the ground, which I'm always a big fan of. And then something truly insane happens that I did not see coming. And so Zemo manages to slip out of the handcuffs that John has put him in because everyone thinks uh, that all of a sudden Zemo is not a threat which is weird. Like they've been doing that this entire time, like letting him roam off on his own, letting him have his little side conversations and put together his own little plots, which you shouldn't be doing because this man is a villain who is intent on killing many people. We know this in the past. We know this now. But as Carly is trying to run away, Zemo catches up with her and shoots her, which I gasped. Um, I'm still mind blown by this. And he wounds her enough that she drops the vials of serum that she was carrying and trying to get away. And he proceeds to then stomp on all of them, or so we think. Uh, By the time John catches up with Zemo and knocks him out with the shield, John happens to see that there's one little vial left and he pockets it for himself. It's already very clear what's going to happen from here. Like, obviously, he's going to take it at some point uh, because this man is wild and he has no brain cells. Uh, But so this was the entire point of Zemo's little speech and reminding us that uh, the serum that we learned in Captain America, the first Avenger, that the serum kind of enhances what you already have in you, like It was explained to Steve, like, your good qualities become better, your bad qualities become worse, essentially. And we already know that John Walker is like, I mean, he's a good dude in the eyes of some people for whatever qualities he had in the military. But like, personality trait wise, I feel that a lot of negative things are going to be amplified in him when he takes the serum. So... I mean, honestly, be prepared for villain John Walker already right here. And then it gets worse in this episode, you guys. Like, it gets worse. The team goes back to their, like, hotel little place that they're staying to regroup. uh, And the team includes Zemo, Sam, Bucky, John Walker, Lamar. 
and the Dora Milaje show up because we are at the end of their grace period where they were going to let Bucky and Sam get whatever they needed out of Zemo and they show up to take him back. And then John Walker has to run his mouth because the man truly has no clue what else to do and says that the Dora Milaje don't have jurisdiction and that basically Zemo's the U.S.'s prisoner and so they can't take him. And so we get another cool fight scene uh, and John is handed his ass to him, which again just further proves that he knows that he's outmatched by literally everybody around him because he has no super soldier serum he's just a regular man even though the dormelage are also just regular women they're just badasses uh but it's obviously very clear in the way the scene is framed that he's humiliated and it's just one more reason for him to want to take the serum but also side note uh when are we getting a dormelage show i think that they deserve their own show Honestly, I think it'd be really fun if it was kind of framed almost like a reality TV show, like a a fake reality TV show. This is the WandaVision uh, memories coming back also. But I just think it would be really funny um, to follow them around and just watch them like be super cool, be cooler than literally everybody else in Marvel. Uh, I just think it would be fun. And I think that format would be kind of cool. But we'll save that for a later date. Hopefully we get something with them. We then get another scene with Lamar and John. Uh, Again, Lamar is not the problem, I don't think, in this little duo. It's clearly John. He has an agenda. He wants more power. uh, And now he has a way to get it. And he's kind of asking Lamar, like, if you had the chance to take the serum, would you take it? And Lamar is telling him, absolutely. And so, again, it's just we're just giving this framework for John taking the serum and feeling justified and why he's going to do it. But also it's very clear to me that this man is going to turn evil. He has it in him. There is something off about him. He is sketchy. I don't trust him. And as much as I am turning around on Carly, I also still don't trust her. But so we get a scene where she calls Sam's sister, Sarah, and she basically is saying that Sam is working with Captain America, so she's not sure if she's going to have to kill Sam. And Sarah tells her, like, there's no way my brother is working with that man. Like, girl, please, essentially. Uh, And in this conversation, Carly threatens to harm Sarah and her sons if she does not get a message to Sam. And I don't actually believe that Carly would do anything to them. I think she's just trying to use whatever leverage she can, especially now that she has no serum and the power broker is wanting that from her. And so she's kind of like backed into a corner and she has the power broker on one side and John Walker, Sam Bucky on the other. And she's just trying to find her way out. But I personally don't think she's actually going to do anything terrible. Uh, But that could just be the optimist in me, especially now that I am turning around on her. It's also probably the optimist in Sam. And Zemo's said to Sam at different points in this episode, like that Carly is not the person that Sam wants her to be and that he should be wary again because anybody who takes a serum is a supremacist in Zemo's eyes because we know he hates the whole group of them but I don't know I don't think that she's actually going to do anything bad there her intent though is to set up a solo meeting with Sam 
But Sam and Bucky being besties that act like they're not, Bucky's not going to let Sam go alone. So they get into their Winter Soldier Falcon gear and they show up at the location to talk to her. And if you thought we were done with the big fight scenes, you would be wrong. There's so much packed into this episode. This episode's like it's 54 minutes with the end credits, but it's probably like 45 minutes total. And like there's so much packed in here. We have yet another fight scene because this is all a ruse to get Sam and Bucky separated from John and Lamar because Carly's huge thing is she wants to kill Captain America. Which, yes, bad because it's murder, but also who who suffers if John Walker is killed, honestly? Like I said at the beginning of the episode, uh, she wants to kill Captain America and maybe we should let her. Like, I, I'm sorry, but I don't like him and I don't really understand uh, how anybody would lose anything if we didn't have him around. Like, as a character, he's really just a foil and obviously now he's being given this like villain backstory and a reason for him to act out essentially and so like I don't really need him around I think we can do without him I wouldn't be sad if he was not on the show anymore I'm sorry if that's uh, problematic to say but I have to say it uh, but of course that is not going to go down the way we think it is and John and Lamar are separated and in the midst of all the fighting, even with Bucky and Sam teaming up with John and Lamar to help each other out, Lamar is unfortunately killed by one of the super soldiers. And that was yet another huge shock. Like, I'm telling you, this episode has so many things happening into in it. Like, they packed so much into this one episode. I At every turn, I was shook. I was shocked. I couldn't believe that this was all unfolding in one episode. Like, they said we're going to give them everything and then they did like they were not holding anything back in this episode they know that they are at the end of this arc and they really got to give it to us to keep us interested and again this is the best episode so far there's so much happening but for all that I have complained about Lamar I was really sad to see him just die and go out like that And now we're reaching the end of the episode. So obviously we're going to get something with the cliffhanger. And again, this episode is not done. So John, um, and John at this point, I haven't said this, but he has taken a super soldier serum. So he uh, is fighting throughout this entire fight sequence with the added uh, strength and everything from the serum. And so really right here he's realizing like even with the serum like he's not all powerful despite having increased speed and strength he's still not able to save his partner uh so again all of this has just been like making john walker evil making him built up into this character that's going to snap and oh boy does he snap he runs after the group of flag smashers who flee after they realize they have killed Captain America's sidekick. Uh, They're just like, we're out, we're leaving, we're running away for our lives. And John follows one of them and tracks him down. And it's the one who said the thing about heroes uh, not having their hands clean, which is interesting choice for what then happens. 
Uh, so John corners him like in the middle of the like town square almost. And he's standing over him and the flag smashers like saying to John, like, it wasn't me. Like, he's not the one who killed Lamar. Uh, but John does not care. And he proceeds to uh, murder the flag smasher with the shield as dozens and dozens of people uh, watch on and record it with their phones. And then the episode ends. And my jaw dropped. I um, am shook again. I shocked. I cannot believe that they like fully went for this in every single form uh, throughout the entire episode. But yeah, John Walker has killed someone while wearing the Captain America uniform with the shield. Like that was his murder weapon. Uh, He got caught in 4K doing it. There's not going to be any walking back from it, any denying it. Uh, Something not so cool happened, man. And this was not the way I expected John Walker was going to go out. Like I thought that actually uh, the Flag Smashers were going to be successful in killing John Walker, but instead they killed a sidekick. And so then he killed one of them. Um, Very, very uh, intrigued to see where episode five starts off on. Like I can't imagine that we won't have to go back to the United States at this point to deal with all of this uh and i think this is probably going to be the uh conduit i guess for sam getting the shield but honestly at this point like does he want it like he hasn't wanted it but like really does he want it now that like captain america is going to be the symbol of like someone who just murders people with the shield uh in broad daylight while other people can look on i don't know i feel like the legacy of this is suddenly just been like tarnished and that it's something that it can't come back from uh I I really I want to see how they're going to like wrap this whole part up and what they're going to do with John Walker moving forward because I'm now at a loss like I don't know where they're going with that anymore and this all just happened in one episode like what can they do in the final two episodes like there's so much that they can get done I now realize like they are not going to hold back. They are going to pack these last two episodes with so much content. I'm just really excited to see how this unfolds. We did in this episode uh, get another interaction with Sharon. I haven't touched on that just because it and the whole grand scheme of things. Uh, it didn't seem all that important, but she was helpful in getting Sam uh, and Bucky like coordinates for things and help track different um, people down and everything for them which is very important I just it got lost in everything else that I've been talking about but it was theorized on Twitter and I am in the camp of believing this like I think that Sharon is the power broker because she's doing something sketchy like even if she's not the power broker she has to work for him in some capacity or whatever because she's kind of sketch like every time we see her the way she's going about her work just seems questionable to me. Like I support her in making her life in Majapur, but I think she's the power broker. I really do. I feel like that makes the most sense. I'm excited to see if we're going to be right. Uh, the people who are in that camp that think she is too, but that's what I think. That's what I am predicting for the final two episodes. Other than that, I really don't know what I think else is going to happen. 
just excited to watch it all unfold. So I will talk to you after we have episode five. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of You Want to Watch. You can find me on Apple Podcast and Spotify, as well as on Twitter at YWWpod and Instagram at You Want to Watch.